Welcome to another episode of Challenging the Norm, his and hers look at life and business with your host Paul Snell and Lindsay Burden. I'm doing all these actions today, I don't know why, I'm very excited. The podcast for solopreneurs, entrepreneurs and business owners that want to experience success in their way. Wrestling with the topics that matter and reality checking the latest trends in business. Paul works with business owners, showing them how they can take the stress out of transforming teams into, oh, I couldn't say it, performance powerhouses that love what they do. It's those two Ps, I got confused. While Lindsay offers business coaching that empowers ambitious women to create financial abundance and a time-rich lifestyle. And I am stumbling away, Paul, today because we're doing something slightly different, aren't we? We are indeed. We are indeed, Lindsay. This is all a bit of fun, this one. It's only because we felt, although I think it might have been my suggestion, that it was time to allow people sort of to get to know us a little better (laughs) and to answer some questions. So I came up with some quick fire questions. I have to take my cardi off, actually. (laughs) It's It's all getting a bit hot and bothered already. So I created a list, didn't I, Paul, of questions so that we can, you know, get... The listener and watcher can get to know us a little better and find out a little bit more about us. And Paul, I know you haven't said much so far, but can we please start with the first one? Because one of my questions was, what's your favourite joke? (laughs) I can give you my favourite joke, Lindsay. And and this is where there'll be this this, um, no noise. It'll just be whispers in the wind as I say this joke. And the joke is this. I, I only know 25 letters in the alphabet. I don't know why. Ah, that's like a proper dad joke. It is a dad joke. Dad joke. I like that a lot. <laughs> There's something about dad jokes because it doesn't matter how bad they are, they continue to be passed along the line. Well, they're never out of fashion, are they? By definition, they're a dad joke. So, you know, no expectation. It's it's that simple. But I really struggles. I know some people remember really long jokes my dad used to tell a really long joke that went on for about 20 minutes by then you were bored but I can't I don't have the memory for these things they just don't stick so the dad jokes as close as I get to a comedic um discussion just reminded me of a joke my dad used to tell and it was another one of those went on and on and on it was about a man um, that was walking through a field and he thought he was looking for his hat and was in the dark and he lost his hat and he was picking up what he thought was hat. It was cow pats. I don't know. I, it just was one of those that just went on and on and on. And sometimes we just ask him to tell us again just for the sake of telling us again. <laughs> and I might have to lead up to my favourite joke because I have a few, but they're all from my son and some of them are a little bit close to the mark. <laughs> And I'm not sure whether our listeners, viewers are read for one of my son's jokes. So we might have to come back to that. In the meantime, I'm going to pick a question at random. And for anyone who's not watching, I literally did pick that at random. Oh, what are you thankful for? That's a lovely question. What What am I thankful for? There's lots, isn't there? There's lots to be thankful for. But, um, you know... And, and I'm going to avoid getting all a bit more in and, and down on this one. But we live in a tough world and I think it's extra tough for kids. And so for me, it's, I'm really thankful that I've got four kids who are healthy, that are doing well, um, that are navigating all the challenges. And there's been plenty. Right. 
So I'm really thankful for that. I know it sounds a little bit cliche, but my goodness, when I think about what it was like when I was a teenager, all those millions of years ago, uh, there were very few things that I needed to worry about. This day and age is so much. We didn't have the, the pressures of social media or mm. the expectation of comparison. None of that happened. You know, it was pretty straightforward. And, and of course, there were things there that you had to be careful of. But but nonetheless, I don't know. I feel like I'm really thankful that I've got four kids who are pretty well sorted, really. Yeah, I, I can really relate to that. And I because you're absolutely right. It is a very different world from the one that you and I grew up in. Yeah. And it's so much more challenging um, and in so many different ways. And I, I feel a little bit like they have to grow up so much quicker, but yet they're not as mature, I don't think, as when I was their age. And I think that's quite interesting. And I'm sure there are some reasons behind that. But yeah, so I'm with you on that, being grateful for kids that are pretty well-rounded and doing okay. Yeah. Um, I'm really grateful this week for my daughter's teachers who... Took them, took a coach load of kids to Paris <laughs> um, and took them and got them all back safely. And I think that that's an achievement. That is an achievement. That's huge. And it was a busy old time. Four days. They did the Eiffel Tower. They did a boat trip. They did Euro Disney. You name it. They did it. Yeah. And I just think that you know our teachers just are pretty incredible people mm. and I'm not sure well actually I'm it's not I'm not sure I would not take a coach load of children anywhere let alone to Paris so I'm very thankful and grateful to the teachers that brought my daughter home safely and I have just been writing a post actually for LinkedIn and you got a mention oh I'm honoured because I was reflecting back on the year and one and I was just saying, you know, what am I celebrating and what am I grateful for? And and starting this podcast, mm. I just think too often we don't do things, and yet this is something that I've always had on that wish list. And just sometimes you meet the right person at the right time who says, "Yeah, go on, we'll do that." And yeah. so, yeah, I'm really grateful for and thankful for you to you and for having this opportunity to do the podcast because it's a, it's really special to me it's it's a lot of fun and 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 I appreciate you saying that but I think also for me this podcast is uh, look you know I enjoy everything I do but sometimes I just enjoy the doing and this is one of those things I just enjoy the doing uh, and you know whatever the outcome is whatever it sounds like or looks like I just just love it it's just fun right I'd encourage everybody to start a podcast it's just a lot of fun and and you know get out there say what you think say what you believe do what you do be you you know this idea of comparison be you for sure and just just you know have fun Is, yeah. isn't that why we do this absolutely okay your turn to Choose a question. I can't get my words out today, Paul. This is I, I am, I'm going to choose the, the uh, question. And I'm going to say, what do we need to know about where you live? Well, I live in a city. So that tells you that we have a cathedral. And it 
um, it happens that ours has the tallest spire. Others might debate that, but that's <laughs> what it says in all the books, in all the guidebooks. So I'm in Salisbury. We have the, have the cathedral with the tallest spire. I'm about a 30 minute drive from Stonehenge. So now you can see it's getting pretty magical. Um, before lockdown, we were in our own mini lockdown because of Novichok. So um, Salisbury Poisonings, the drama, was actually based on a real life story that happened here. But we also have some incredible people. So William Golding, author, I do believe, he was a teacher at the primary, at the um, grammar school here. He taught my dad. Wow. That's a probably not such a well-known fact that he taught my dad. <laughs> but there you go. So yeah, and there's lots of famous people around here. Um, so Sting, Guy Ritchie. Wow. Um, so yeah, few actors. The name has completely escaped me. There's three boys, but it'll come back to me in a moment and I'll go, I remember now. But yeah, quite a lot of actors and famous people in the surrounding area. But yeah, Salisbury is pretty special. It's special mm. because of our cathedral, because we're close to Stonehenge and it feels quite a magical place. And we have an international um, arts festival that happens on an annual basis. And, and I mean, hugely impressive. I'm now worried that I don't have the level of detail you have, but where I live. But nonetheless, the thing, you know, if, if ever you were going to describe a quintessential English city of old, it would be Salisbury. You yeah. know, when you walk through those old cobbled streets and you see the Elizabethan timber framed houses, it's just it's just about a quintessential English as you get. It's beautiful, a, beautiful place. It is lovely. And the cathedral is well worth a visit. Yes, I agree. So so mine, he says, just padding out for time because I haven't got as much detail as you. No, I, I tell you a couple of things. One is it's it's one of the top three mispronounced uh, town names in the country. Oh. Don't ask me the other two because it's tempting to do that and I don't have the answer. But I, I read this. You have to say them. Um... <laughs> Uh, but but I live in a town in north of Oxford called Bicester. And of course, everyone, without exception, if they're a, a living abroad, I don't know, so they're not from, in fact, they've lived north of Birmingham, will do the same, uh, simply pronounced as Bicester, B-I-C-E-S-T-R. Um, and it's that typically English thing, isn't it? We have sometimes the oddest pronunciations of things. Yeah. Uh, and this town is is one of them. It's it's always mispronounced so whenever someone says where do you live anywhere north who's asking from anywhere north of Birmingham I will spell it just in case you ever ask I will spell it uh, to make life easier for you and then I will pronounce it um the other thing about Bista is it it it, it has the infamous Bista village outlet center mm -hmm. which everyone knows about apparently um and it and it, it overtakes the town entirely uh, but the, the odd thing about it is if you go to Marylebone Station in London, and that's where the train will come out to Bicester, Oxford, and then off to Banbury and so forth, it's the only it's the only destination sign that, that has its own person standing next to it, dressed in formal beefy to regalia to direct you to the right train for Bicester Village Outlet Centre. Wow. I know. 
I know. And I don't know how much they pay them, but they don't pay them enough, let me tell you. And of course, when you get to Bista Village Outlet Centre on the train, which is this marvellous Chiltern Hills journey, you then get there and they make all the announcements in both Mandarin and Arabic, as well as English. No way! Yes, because that's predominantly the language that is spoken by people that visit. So that's incredible. It is, it is incredible. It is, really is incredible, considering you go to Marylebone, you look for signs that say Birmingham or Manchester or whatever it is you're going to, and there's this little sign on its own with its own timetable saying Bista Village Outlet Centre. Astonishing. So there, there are two <laughs> the two things of Bista. It's not a big town, as you can probably tell. There's only two things. Um, and, and interesting enough, I lived here when I was two years old for 18 months. And I came back again five years ago. And in that time, the town has quadrupled in size. Wow. Now, that is a long time, granted. Um, but I remember this town, uh, I must have been two, two till four. And I vaguely remember this small little town with one main high street and, you know, not much going on apart from sheep. We did lots of sheep here, apparently. We did an awful lot of selling of sheep. Um, and the high street's called Sheep Street. Um, see, I'm full of this information now, Liz. It's You've got it going. I can't stop now. And uh, um, and, and now it's a huge town. The growth has been exponential. And um, yeah, this is where I am right now. How about that? It's so interesting, isn't it? Because I grew up in a village outside of Salisbury and had gone off travelling and, and come back. But as a kid, I just remember because there were no mobile phones. So I had to get a bus and you'd arrange a time and a place to meet. And it would always be outside Debenhams, <laughs> um, which is no longer there. Not so anymore, so. yeah. yeah. Not anymore. <clears throat> and you, you'd come in, you know, and if the bus was running late or something, you just had to hope that they would wait for you because there was no way of contacting anyone once you got into town. <laughs> I know those days when when you couldn't speak to anybody and it, 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 it's just crazy. Going on holiday, you can you ring home and you'd have to go, so what's the UK code? And I had to yeah. find a phone box. And oh, my goodness me, how complicated was that? And then it's all that sort of the delay, isn't it? So you talk over each other all the time. It's chaos. <laughs> well, I, I think we've done a good job of selling our hometowns. Or so do I. So we've do done, I. done a good job. Okay. I've got a good question for you. Have you ever been on TV? That's a really quick answer. No. Oh, disappointing. Well, it is. It is. Yes, completely. Um, there is there. There was one very small chance I might have ended up on TV. It wouldn't have been on a show that I particularly wanted to go on. I was I was about I want to say 10, maybe 11. Um, and our school uh, in Oxford was selected to go on the Rolf Harris show. And it was it was lucky dip, and I didn't make it. So that's oh. the closest to TV I've really I've really come. That, that, that's a shame. I think you were robbed. I think well, I'm I'm saving it all for this podcast. I mean, come on. Crazy. I have been on TV. Hence, I wrote the question. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, once I can remember, I may have been on TV more than once. Um, but in my old job. You know, when I was employed, we would quite often, well, I radio, I did a lot of radio interviews and that kind of thing. But 
TV, I did get interviewed once and I can't remember. It was for a news piece, but I haven't got a single memory cell that I can draw upon. So I've got no idea. It was probably, I don't know, about the Christmas market or something. I don't know. But yes, I was on the news. Fantastic. My go, my go. I've got the list of questions and I do do really like this one. It's a fairly common question, but I'm waiting to hear your answer because I've got one that perhaps you wouldn't expect. What what is the favourite app on your phone? Oh, what? I'm not sure if I necessarily... I'm on my banking app. Can't live without my banking app. That's an essential when you've got two children. But but let's let's pin that down to favourite. So rather than essential, rather than, oh, I've got to have um, LinkedIn app on there. We, that, that's, that's okay. What, what's, what's your favourite? If you had a favourite, what would be your favourite? See, my favourites tend to be sort of social media apps because I kind of like to keep in touch with the world. But I do like WhatsApp. And the reason I say that is one, now I've trained my children to only send photos on WhatsApp, it's cut down our mobile bills. Um, <laughs> but actually I love the way that you can create groups and it's very interactive. And we have one, we call it Famalam and that's where all our family is. So it doesn't matter where you are, if you're on holiday in the country, you can shove in photos. And it helps me to feel connected to everybody. So I'm a big fan of WhatsApp other messaging services are available but that would be one I'm not sure I could live without now Mm. I think that's a really good idea or really good choice Um, it can be easily uh, dismissed these these messaging apps but you're right WhatsApp I mean we have the same you know I have all my kids in an app uh, in one group uh, and we, we often share in there or invariably ends up in some form of banter but yeah. nonetheless, that's uh, that's a big thing. And so I, I would agree with WhatsApp. I, I would agree that goes beyond the, oh, I need it or the business needs it. It's actually a really good thing to have for lots of reasons. And this connectedness is so important because, you know, um, you could be traveling very far away. And as long as you've got some Wi-Fi, you've got access to WhatsApp, where you may not have that ability to do that over your telephone signal you know charges and all of that sort of thing so i agree whatsapp's a good choice for me um, no 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 it's no but it's a good choice for me it's an app called flipboard oh she grabs her pencil quickly sharp sharp intake of breath um i use flipboard and flipboard uh collates web pages based on the things you want to read about so i i go into flipboard and i might put in there what sort of things do i like to read about actually work stuff usually personal development um psychology all the really really boring stuff and you can put that in there and 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 this is my relaxation so in the old days we'd find about 50 magazines and i'd do the same sort of thing these days i can sit there and just flick and i can go oh that's an interesting article i'll read that one because it just shows you a summary um, and I, I honestly, I, I love it because, you know, my passion it, and one of the questions is, you know, I think it was, um, what is your secret skill? Well, I really like to cook and I'm not bad at it. 
And so Flipboard is one of my places where I put my search criteria and you set this all up in advance uh, and you put in there, like I might put down psychology, which marries really well with cooking. Uh, And I put cooking in there and I get this great suggestions and recipes and stuff. And I know that sounds really dull, but nonetheless, when you get that, those search bits, right, your interests, right. I can spend hours. I mean, some people get caught in, in TikTok for hours. I get caught in Flipboard for hours because it means I can sit and read at my own pace. So that's that's my one. That's my favourite. Well, that's a brilliant one. And it's one that I need. I have written <laughs> it down. <clears throat> yeah, I, I like that a lot. I think that is a brilliant choice. Because I'm wondering, actually, if that links a bit, what was the last thing that you searched Google for? Because I'm wondering whether you actually use Flipboard and it sort of does it marry up does it is it something not really flipboard because flipboard will display for you as you flip through it or flick um these various articles to read from various websites uh you click on one and you then you can sit and read the article to your your heart's content it's not really google because google is specifically designed or not specifically is designed to deliver results of any sort of content of any type flipboard is there because you want to sit and read so it only presents for you something that you're interested in reading that you might not come across uh, on a website or you might not come across as googling it whereas googling it's a bit broad um but to answer your question lindsay here's a fascinating thing i googled recently the top 10 things to do on the isle of wight why not because you were on the Isle of Wight. Because I was on the Isle of Wight. Um, and there were indeed 10 things, which whoever knows the Isle of Wight will go, wow, uh, it's a beautiful place. But, you know, life is very, very relaxed on the Isle of Wight. And it always makes me smile that uh, you get into the habit of going, what, you want me to drive 11 miles? It's going to take me 30 minutes. <laughs> That's what it's like on the Isle of Wight, right? Um, but I did Google it. And I will tell you, if you ever go to the Isle of Wight, and if anyone's listening and plan to go to the Isle of Wight, you must go to Osborne House. It's the number one thing. It's where uh, Queen Victoria used to go on holiday and spend most of her time enjoying life. It's an incredible place. And she has or had her own private little beach, which I have to say is stunning. It, it, mm-hmm. I, I took a photograph and you couldn't tell if I was in the Caribbean or if I was down in the sunny south coast of England. So there's my tip from my Google search. Go and visit Osborne House. You will love it. That I promise. I've written that down because as a big family, we're taking the whole WhatsApp group to the Isle of Wight next year as part of my husband's big birthday celebrations. Fantastic. I've written that down. Fantastic. I, I have to admit that um, I delegated my last Google search. <laughs> You'll like this. So yesterday, my because about you, I get up in the morning and I do not pick up my phone. I'm not going to pick up my mobile. I don't know. My kids first thing they do, pick up the phone. My husband first thing he does. So I'd go downstairs and we were watching a bit on the TV, etc., etc. There was a bit of football on the Women's World Cup. And so my phone's upstairs, my husband's phone is on charge. So the only one with a mobile was my daughter. So she was delegated the task of Googling. We wanted more information about the Women's World Cup. We were particularly 
wondering how many teams there were, so how many countries taking part, there are 32. And then of course, we got a bit of a potted history about how that's happened and where they're going. So um, from that, we then were looking at the group, the group stages, <laughs> where we were, who were scoring, who had played, and what sort of the sequence was. So we were Googling the Women's World Cup, but I had delegated responsibility to the person with the phone in their hand. And that sounds like perfect management to me. I, I don't know why else you'd have kids to do things for you. <laughs> and then she, she's quite interested in football, so she happily did. Well, there you go. And and we won't get into why we should have kids, because you and I have got a very dry sense of humour, and that may well be taken out of context. Absolutely. Let, well, let's, let's look at another question. What did you, as a child, what did you want to be when you grew up? I wanted to be a teacher. Oh, okay. So um, from a very early age, right from primary school, sport was my thing. I was the sport billy. You know, I, I represented my school. I represented the county. I represented the south of England. All in athletics. Absolutely loved all sport. So I wanted to be a PE teacher. When I got to secondary school, I still wanted to be a PE teacher. But what I noticed was that actually the PE teachers at secondary school also had this pastoral care. We're going back a long way because they <laughs> had a pastoral care system and teachers and, and offices and, you know, it's all there now. But in those days, it was the PE teachers. So I, I wanted to be a PE teacher even more. Yeah. Um, unfortunately... In the days when you did O-levels, and I mentioned O-levels at the weekend, all the kids were, what are O-levels? <laughs> the things we used to do. Yeah. Unfortunately, I didn't get the grades I needed, so I retook them and still didn't get the grades I needed. So um, my journey, therefore, ended at that point. But yeah, I wanted to be a PE teacher, which is hysterical now because I have no patience with children whatsoever. So I'm yeah. not sure how good a teacher I would have been or whether going on that journey would have made me. But yeah, I wanted to be a PE teacher. That was fabulous. And I have to say, uh, you know, having having got four children, having been through four lots of parent evenings for God knows how many years, um, I am in full admiration of teachers and it's way more than a job, it's a vocation. And oh my goodness, is my comment. Yeah. Right, mine. Well, actually, I wanted to be a doctor. Ooh. I know. And and this is where, you know, this idea of sliding doors. We make a choice at a point in time and it changes everything. Uh, and I went through O-levels and A-levels and I got my qualifications to go to medical school. And then I was offered an opportunity. And the opportunity was to move into IT. Now, this is 1984. This is the same year. This is how old I am. This is the same year that the first PC came out. This is the same year where the first um, mainframe, or first mainframe, a mainframe with uh, something like a fifth of the power of my phone was the key, was the thing. This is when we had five and a quarter inch floppy disks, right? I'm going back. But the I was given a choice. 1984, lots of jobs. IT was really taking off. And I got approached by a local company who happened to know someone who knew me. It wasn't anything other than that. And they said, Paul, would you like to come and train to become an IT specialist? And we'll pay you £4,000 a year. Oh. Marvellous. I was a rich man. 
Um, and I sat one evening sitting there deciding what was I going to do, be, become a doctor or, or go into this new thing called IT that the world was talking about. The world was saying it's the future. Um, and I chose IT. And I don't, I don't, if you ask me, do I regret it? Seriously, no, because I wouldn't have had the life I've had, which is very fortunate. Um, but there's a little part of me that goes, ooh, wonder what it'd been like just to just to qualify as a doctor, be Dr. Snell. So there you go. I and I wasn't gonna ask if you regretted it. I just can't, I'm in my head, I'm trying to see how you go from going to be a doctor. I'm on the next rung. I'm moving to the next level to start doing that qualification. Oh no, I think I'll go and do IT. That's <laughs> just quite a switch. I, I think, I think if, and when I think back, it would be a case of two things. One, I'm pretty impulsive. That's not always a good thing. Um, <laughs> and, and secondly, this was so new. This was so innovative. There was so much going on in the world of IT. There were so many opportunities to have this stellar career and, and and it did me really well you know I worked in um, merchant banking in London I worked uh, in many places in many different industries and led me to incredible things like working with TV and film industry visual effects so I've got I've had lots of fun I don't know if it had been as much fun being a doctor I don't know quite possibly I still love it I I think I would have been okay at that too um, but it, it was one of those decisions wasn't it wasn't really something that you go there's a pros and cons list it really was here are opportunities and I say it because I'm not convinced we always have as many of those anymore uh, it wasn't difficult for me to choose one or the other they were both in front of me whereas this day and age you know if I went to university in 1984 I didn't come out with 50,000 pounds worth of debt no. My my daughter, who my eldest daughter, who, who got a first class degree, uh, has got fifty, sixty thousand pounds worth of debt, uh, and that's from going to university. That wasn't a thing back in nineteen eighty four. Um, so, you know, and and yeah, it, it was just a it was just a sliding doors moment. And I often think, and if you've ever watched the movie Sliding Doors, it's classic, um, where you make one decision that changes everything. Uh, and for me, I often think about what would have happened if I'd have become a doctor? Where would I have ended up? See, I would have loved to become a brain surgeon. How radical would that be? Yes. <laughs> taking me to a whole different level. I just wanted to pick up that, on that point, Paul. You are so right that when we were making decisions as young people, the world was different. The landscape was different. Mm. And actually, I think it feels to me as if it was easier for us to make decisions. We didn't have the same baggage, the same concerns, the same competitiveness. It was just like, do I want to do this or not want to do this? It just felt, feels that it was easier. Mm. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's how it feels. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. It, it felt less complicated to me. And, and I have to be very careful because I'm conscious of this cognitive bias we can get. For, for, for you and I, we're involved in the world of business and people and change. 
and therefore with all the good stuff we see we all see all we also see all the challenges yeah and therefore you know is life more complicated right now you see that's a huge question that's another podcast question um but is life yeah is life more complicated I, i i don't know i think there's more to it maybe there's definitely more information and that makes choices more um challenging because you've got this absolute you know deluge of information to work through back then it was just a case of there's some information you got out of books or you got out of a newspaper uh, and you made a choice uh, uh, you know I'm I'm happy with either of mine the one I chose was great too because it got me to where I am today um, and I would have been fascinated about being a doctor so yeah there's mine I think you would have made a great doctor <laughs> now then uh, perhaps something a little more light-hearted if you could pick a song to play every time you entered a room what would it be now this is an interesting one because whatever you pick it's going to sound like an ego trip right yeah, yeah there's no avoiding it's not, it it's not from a place of ego it's just it's not and 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 it's very very specifically not in this case because i love the lyrics as, as cheesy as they are so if you if you know the uh, uh, I am the one and only by Chesney Hawks, right? Oh, now we're going back. I like it. Yeah, we're going back, and it is all a bit cheesy, but the song just basically says I am who I am, and that's it. That's what you get. And so, as much as you know, I'm sure there are boxers that come into boxing rings to to that that tune. I do think no, I am who I am. That's it. Now, we can either do that one or we can do the Marlena Dietrich version, which is not quite as funky as Chesney Hawks. I love that you chose Chesney Hawks. No, see, I struggle because I can never remember the name of an artist or a song. And I really do struggle. So um, I had and I had forgotten about this question but in my head. um, What came up for me? And I think it's because you mentioned Ego was Simply the Best by Tina Turner. Now, but there's a story behind that. And that's because I saw Tina Turner um, perform Simply the Best after a Grand Prix in Australia. And she sung it on stage with Ayrton Senna. Wow. So I'm not sure if the song is coming to me just because it's a really easy song. Um, because there's lots of others you could choose and there's loads from The Greatest Showman that I absolutely love. Yes. And really, you know, are powerful and emotive. But the only one that was coming to mind as we were speaking, and I did say at the beginning before we started to record, I've not gone back to these because I want to just see what comes <laughs> up. No idea, no planning, no notes. But yeah, if I had simply the best, not just because I feel like I am the best, but actually I think everyone should go out there, do their thing and believe that they are the best that they can be. And that's okay, right? I yeah. I, I joke about the the uh, ego thing, but it's okay, right? What, you, you can be who you are, want to be, and you can be, aspire to anything you want to achieve. And it's okay to say that. Yeah. You know, we, 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 we have too often we have that beaten. It's a very English thing. We say, no, 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 no. You can't say things like we are the best. We're very English. Um, and, and I think we're, we're OK to do that. What, whatever your song is. And when I read the question, I thought that, that they can only be songs that make you feel good. Have to be. Yeah. And things like the one and only and simply the best. They're, they're songs to, that we, we aspire to. You know, if you look at the singers and you have a 
talk to Tina Turner, or you ever listened or read anything about Tina Turner, she will say that the reason she chose rock and roll is because it was so upbeat. It was positive in life because people would say, well, you're all, shouldn't, shouldn't you be soul and, and, and all that sort of stuff. She said, no, 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 because the blues all spoke, sang about stuff that was depressing and down. She said, yeah. I don't want to be like that. I want to be full of life. And she said, rock and roll does that for me. Sing on. So if I had to choose one that sounded less conceited and you know, up my own backside, it would be This Is Me, which is from The Greatest Showman. But I like Simply the Best, I think. Yeah, that's... This Is Me, that's a powerful song. That's a very, very powerful song. On the next episode, we'll be singing it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, it's fine. I can't, I can't. Lindsay might be. Oh, my goodness, no. Now, um, we've been chatting away and I've forgotten whose turn it is to ask a question. Well, if I tell you what, because we could do this all day, but time's running out. Do you want to pick the last one, Lindsay? Yes, I do, because <laughs> I want to know the answer to this question. <laughs> and I don't have an answer, but I could probably make something up. What is your secret skill? Ah, well, I did allude to that. I did allude to the fact that um, I do, cooking is a particular thing of mine, but if you wanted a, a secret skill, and I, and I don't know what that really means, a secret skill, perhaps a skill that uh, not many people know, right? Um, that skill for me is I am a, uh, yeah, second down black belt in Aikido. And for many years, for many years taught that and 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 i will tell you very briefly because again we'll talk forever um i always wanted to learn a martial art and i picked one because i could get into oxford easy now again when i was about 20. um and i and i turned up at this old village hall in a village i used to grow up in it was it was hard floors there's no mats or anything and i i sat there waiting and this little old japanese chap walked in just like mr miyagi from karate kid and he was about four foot high and he was about in his 60s. And he was the most senior instructor in that martial art in the world at that time. And I didn't know anything different. So to me, it was just like this old fella that was going to teach me some new martial arts that I could get to on a Tuesday evening in Oxford. Um, and, and it led me to this whole 20 years worth of career in teaching and, and learning. And it was amazing. And for those that don't know Aikido, Aikido is all about the way of peace and harmony. So it's much more to do with how people think about conflict as much as it was to do how they physically responded. So that's my secret or little known skill. Do you know what? You're like the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> the more we do this, the more we talk, this stuff just keeps coming. And I'm like, what else can this man do? that we have yet to find out. Oh, so much. So much, Lindsay. Come, come on your side now. What's your secret skill? I don't think I have a secret skill. I mean, you know, over the years, there's many a thing I've been able to do, you know, like flaming Zambugas in my mouth, those kind of things. They're not attractive. They're certainly not attractive when you're in your 50s. I wouldn't recommend them. Um, so I'm not sure that I necessarily have a secret skill. I do have a skill. I am the finder of lost shit. Oh, whatever is missing in this house, I know where it is. And that is a skill. That's immense. That cannot be underestimated in a house with with kids as well is immense. 
I can't tell you how many times I sit there and want to say, do you remember where you put that, that, that down? Nobody knows. Nobody knows. I know in this. You case. know. It doesn't matter what they're looking for. And even when I can't find something, as long as I know it's in the house, when I say I can't find it, it means I haven't put it somewhere. <laughs> when someone else has put it somewhere, I will keep looking and keep looking. And I was looking for something once and found a lost pair of swimming goggles splendid so i can even find lost stuff that nobody knew was lost that's a skill i'm that's going right up there that skill <laughs> seriously you you could be in demand just just have just have lindsay come and visit and stay for a few weeks and you'll never have to worry about finding things again ever again <laughs> well lindsay we could go on for ages with this i've loved it there's lots more we could chat about but time is against us and we're going to have to wind this episode up, which has been so much fun. And of course, so enlightening about you, me, and what we've been up to and who we are. So this um, this episode is a great one to listen to if you're if you're if you're wanting to know a bit more about us. It's a bit lighthearted and uh, a bit more deeper, maybe. So great episode, Lindsay. Now, what of course what we would like is for any of the listeners or viewers just to subscribe to the podcast give us some feedback we'd love some feedback give us some comments go on to spotify or apple and just put some comments in there we would love some feedback um lindsay where can they get hold of you if they want to hear more about what you do easiest place well they can find me on linkedin using my name lindsay burden but i'm also lindsayburden.com if you want to look for me on the world wide web fantastic <laughs> and for me on LinkedIn as well. You can look me up as Paul Snell uh, and on my website, paulksnell.com. That will have all the details to, to ping me a message or, or have a chat. Would love to chat to anyone, really. I'm always up for a bit of a chat, as you can probably tell from podcast. Um, <laughs> but on that note, Lindsay, it's another episode done and we'll see you on the next one. Oh, it's been great, Paul. <laughs>